Hi guys and welcome to episode 19 of the Nintendo Village Podcast, your weekly half-hour Nintendo show. I am your host, Phil Myth, and I am joined once again by my partner, Mr. Gary Gray. Oh, you guys are in for a treat because it's not Fortnite that I've played this week. <laughs> not Fortnite. Do, do, do. And because of that, because Gary's not touched Fortnite, Fortnite has died. Nobody's playing it anymore. It's all gone offline. Epic have gone bust. Yeah, it's the end of Fortnite as we know it. Um, apart from this nonsense, we've got actually got some stuff to talk to you about this week. We've got a few news items to discuss. We've both been playing some new games. Shock horror. And we're going to dive into the Animal Crossing hype as we're only about a month away from New Horizons now and I'm getting all excited. So stay tuned for all that cool stuff. Right then, let's kick off with some games, shall we? Gary, tell me about the non-Fortnite game you've been playing. Okay, so the non-Fortnite game I've been playing is a PC game called Fortnite. <laughs> I'm not going to lie, I did have a couple of games. Of course uh, yeah, I can't, I can't hold that from you. I'm sorry. It is an addiction. I've been seeking help. It's not working. Uh, other than that, I've been playing uh, a game called The Turing Test, which is a puzzle game that's a first-person puzzle game, which doesn't happen too often. And when they do, um, they are normally quite basic. This one... I don't think that's wrong to say that, by the way. <laughs> uh, from what I've played so far, I haven't played a very uh, any particularly good first-person puzzle games. This one is the exception to the rule at the minute. I've really got into it. Like I've only been playing it a couple of days and I'm almost done already. Mm-hmm. Um, a long story short, and keeping it spoiler-free can be a little bit difficult, but it's basically uh, you're a human that goes down to this uh, station on the surface of a planet uh, with your AI buddy who sent you there. And um, you had to do a series of puzzles to get through a room um, that are built called the Turing Test to uh, distinguish between a human and a robot. So the robot shouldn't be able to do these puzzles, but a human could. And there's a lot of tension in the game to say that there's only really you that you see, like you, you and and security cameras and stuff like that, because it's an ongoing story that sort of uh, portrays the idea that maybe the AI is not good, or is he good? Is are they protecting something? Are they not protecting something? Is he trying to use you as a key to get in, or are you just doing it to get in yourself? So it's got quite a bit of tension to say that, like I said, there's only you and this AI that you're talking to. And um, I've really been getting into the story. And the weird thing about the story is that you don't see all unless you do the optional hard rooms. And you don't need to do them necessarily, but they unlock so much more of the story that like, you really want to do them. Right. But... Um, the actual game itself, like I say, is first person. And you've got this gun that can sort of uh, suck energy um, like orbs into it or shoot them out so that it's basically like a game of circuitry. You have to turn stuff on at the right time and stuff off at the right time. Uh, and there's also like this, this, the things that you shoot them into on the walls, there's also like these big square blocks like power sources that you can also put into them. So some things you can only carry, but other things you can shoot from a distance. And it's... It, to start with, these puzzles are quite simple, but the reason they do that is the same reason World War One exists in Mario, right? It's right. to teach you, like, this is the way you can do this, this is what you should look out for, and you can also do it this way. And then as soon as you get past that, your mind's constantly going, right, I could put a box through a window, so maybe, 
it's something to do with that window there and then i can shoot this lung range so maybe i need to look out for something somewhere else and it's really clever the way that they've sort of built this like atmosphere and story all together with this one mechanic of basically like like circuitry like i said right so it the, the yeah it's it's so hard to explain <laughs> because it's it's the same similar puzzle all the way through but they keep introducing new elements to it which keeps it evolving and keeps it going and so far it hasn't slowed down to me which normally puzzle games tend to after an hour or so but like i've been fully invested into this so i actually think it's one of the best puzzle games i've played in a long time yeah and like the graphics on it as well the graphics are really cool they've got a load of like neat uh like lighting effects and stuff on there and the, the sections that aren't in the puzzle rooms look really good um but there's not too many of them that's the only downside i can say to the game is that like the rooms all do look really similar but i suppose it kind of fits in with the story so it works yeah so uh, have you seen much of this game at all i've seen like little bits and pieces online i know you've been raving about this game to me like more or less all week uh it's it's been a while since i've heard you enjoy a game so much actually <laughs> it's no, been quite you nice to talk about fortnite <laughs> <laughs> apart from fortnite obviously <laughs> Um, but no, it does like I really like the the sound of it. I like the look of it, and I've heard nothing but good things both from you and like other people as well. Uh, so I might actually look into this one and, and pick it up because I do enjoy a good puzzler. Um, say, would you? So I'm assuming there'll be a review up soon on site. Yeah, hopefully by the end of this week or early next week, I should be finished with it. But uh, it, it depends on how much time I can get invested tonight and tomorrow. Yeah. <laughs> but I have been playing this mainly handheld as well, which is also something I don't do very often. But yeah. it's a great game to sort of curl up and just, yeah. just fire away at, yeah. So for what you've played so far then, you'd definitely recommend it? Oh yeah, definitely, yeah. Oh sweet, yeah, I'll check that out. Uh, as for myself, uh, I finished Scaleboy. Uh, the review for that is up on site. I gave it a three-star score in the end. I was up now between three and four, and in the end, it's just like a strong three. If we did half scores, I would have given it a three and a half, but we didn't do half scores. Uh, it's a really good game, and I, I I was really conscious when I was writing the review because I didn't want it to come off too negative because the, the basics that it does, it does really, really well. It's a gorgeous-looking game. The world is really f- fun to inhabit. It's got loads of different areas that are all distinct and yet feel right like joined up like even though there's at one point you're in a, a swamp and then you're in a castle and then you're in a farm it, it still all fits within the world which is really cool um as i mentioned the art style is really good uh the story is good as well but there's a that there's a bit i'll come on to which which was why the story didn't quite resonate as well as i feel it should do and this was my problem with Scaleboy in the whole, which I talked about in the review, is that for all the things it does right, it kind of gets in its own way a little bit sometimes. So, like I say, the exploration and stuff is really good, but Scaleboy, like the character yourself, moves really slow, which means the backtrack and the exploration that you do gets a little bit tedious in places because you've got to keep going back and forth and things, and he's just so sluggish. Um, And there were a couple of areas where there were sort of like challenging sections to get through but then there was just an extra bit of challenge on top of that which just felt like it didn't need to be there and it was almost like cheap failures when you when they took you out um so there's one section 
I'll talk about it. It's, it's a little later on in the game, but I'll try and keep it as spoiler free as I can. Basically, you're in the dark and you're navigating this pathway uh, with like it's just a drop on either side, and it's like spikes and things and uh, and like spinning spiky logs and stuff. And you have to like avoid it all in the dark. And you've got the way you can see in the dark is you have a type of head. So the the core mechanic in Scaleboy is that you can swap your head, torso, and feet for all different things. And the different things you can pick up all have different abilities. And that actually is a really cool mechanic. And I really like the way that worked. It works brilliant. Uh, as I mentioned last week, I, I liked that part in the early part of the game. I was hoping that it would evolve as it goes through the game. And I can confirm that it does. You get some really cool items. Or let's say items, but like body parts to use. Which is really cool. I really enjoyed that mechanic and that twist on like different outfits and armors that you get in adventure games. Um, you just change your body parts instead. I thought it was it was a neat take on it. Um, so yeah, so you're in this dark section and you need a specific head which allows you to see in the dark. And it basically has like a light around you. And so it's tough enough to traverse this thing with that. But then there's a couple of sections where this enemy will fall from the sky out of nowhere and knock your head off. And so you lose the the light. And so you can't continue. You just have to like throw stuff off the edge and start again. And that gets really frustrating. It just wasn't fun in the end by the time I got through it. And there wasn't any sense of satisfaction after I'd done it. I was just like, finally, I've done that bit. I can continue with the game, which is never a good feeling to have. And then similarly, similarly in the story, it doesn't, there's a good story in there, but it doesn't articulate it well enough at certain points in the game. So you start off in the, at the very beginning in the sort of prologue, it talks about how the Cubold Kingdom has these four squires who are essentially like the four like knights or saviors or whatever for the kingdom. And they've gone missing and you got to go and find them. So, all right, cool. That's the main like hook in the beginning of the game. But you don't have to find all four to finish the game. Like you come across two or three, like just natural progression, but that's it. And so, and at some point in the game, it switches and you have to go and find these, you have to destroy these three like chains, but it doesn't tell you about that or why you're doing that until after you've done all three and you just kind of stumble across them in the mean. So it's, it's kind of backwards in that way. And because of that, like the story didn't capture me as much as I feel like it should have done. And there's a really neat twist in the story towards the end of the game that lost all impact because of that. And I know this sounds like very negative. And I was very conscious of this when I was writing the review as well, because by and large, I did I did enjoy playing through the game. And if you like adventure games and like little Zelda-like things, then I would absolutely recommend giving Skellboy a whirl. It is a really fun game. But I think, I think the reason why it disappointed me is because I could see the ingredients there for it. It could have been absolutely fantastic. And I let, I came away from it feeling satisfied but disappointed because i feel like it, it could have been more okay so you, you say it's, it is quite a good game but it has substantial flaws so tell me about all the best parts of it like what is it just the adventure is it the, the exploration you said is good but slow yeah so like i said the world is fantastic it's really a joy to inhabit and it's so much fun moving through it because it looks gorgeous so it's got this sort of 2d sprite-based artwork that's been popped out into 3D. And the writing's all based around that. So the enemy is called Sir Square Man, and it's the Cube Old Kingdom. And people say, like, oh, bless my squares and all this kind of stuff. Like, it, it, the writing really leans into that. And the writing is really funny, like the characters and stuff that you interact with. Uh, so that's really good. I really enjoyed that part. The combat is, again, kind of sluggish, but works 
Like it's as realistic as it can be in a game about square undead zombie things, but <laughs> it kind of makes sense within like the confines. So you have to you know be wary of what you're doing. And there's different weapons you can use. Some of them use more than others. So like I didn't use the lances at all, but I quite enjoyed finding new swords and new clubs and things to use. That was really cool. Uh, and like I say, the the core mechanic of of swapping the body parts um, and unlocking different ones as you move through the game i really really enjoyed and that was probably the highlight of the game for me alongside just the the pure presentation side um so yeah definitely if you like those kind of like adventure things and it was fun running around there are so i haven't finished the game 100 percent. there's like a few outfit bits i haven't found there's a few weapons and things i haven't found i didn't actually find the fourth four squire um so there's elements of the game that i've not done yet so you can go back and do like 100 percent run if you want to so there's some side quests of things that i haven't done uh, I did a couple, so there's there's extra bits in there away from the main thread, which is fun. Um, and I think like for, so when I was uh, looking into the stats and stuff for the review, I think it's like twenty dollars or like eighteen quid, um, for the game, which seems a lot for an indie game, but there, there's a lot of content there. Like I can't I, I can't remember how many hours I put in to finish the game, maybe a dozen. Um, but again, like I say, I didn't see all there is to see. So. In that side, it's a very meaty game. It's well put together. Uh, I read, uh, I think it was the Nintendo Life review today, and they pulled it up on some performance issues, which it did have when I played, but there's been a big patch come out since then, and those performance issues are less prominent, so the frame rate is less chuggy. When you move from sort of one area to another, although the game is all interconnected, so there's never any like loading screens or anything, Sometimes it'll pause for a second or two whilst it kind of figures out what it needs to do and then it'll carry on. But it's not game-breaking. Um, but yeah, the, generally speaking, if you like adventure games, it's definitely one to check out. I think it would do well if it had a demo on the eShop. I think mm. that, that might get a lot of people to sort of like try it out and I think that would bring a lot of people in because that was why I was so hooked. I liked the look of it when it was first shown in the Indie World presentation before Gamescom and then I played a demo at Gamescom and that's what, and it's been on my list since then. Um, and so, yeah, although it didn't quite live up to my expectations, I, I did enjoy it nonetheless. Okay, and to some news now. Uh, a few little bits and pieces to chat about this week. First off uh, is EA. So I wanted to talk about this because we spoke a couple of episodes back about developers that we want to see do more on Switch. And EA was my pick because I want a proper FIFA and some Star Wars games, please. And EA are reportedly looking at Switch again. So in their, uh, I suppose it was like an investor's Q&A. Um, I don't think it was called that. It was like a conference call. Uh, and they were giving their Q3 financial reports and yada, 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 yada. Um, the COO, Blake Jorgensen, uh, basically said that EA's interest in the system is growing. Uh, so the quote that was pulled out is, we are always looking and discussing with Nintendo what else we could put on the platform, and as the platform grows, our interest in adding content grows for that platform, which makes sense, right? But we're also conscious of the fact that the top-selling titles by a long shot are all Nintendo software, which is fabulous software, but it helps us balance the realities of how big our markets could be there. But trust that we're looking at that, you will hear more things in the future, but you will hear more things in the future about what we're putting on the platform. So Nintendo software sells well on Nintendo platforms. Who saw that coming? But yep. <laughs> it is positive to hear that they seem to be suggesting that there is stuff to come in the pipeline. What that is, we don't know. 
But FIFA 17. FIFA 17, yeah. <laughs> they go, they're working backwards now. <laughs> uh, but as a corollary to that, just before you get to come in on it, uh, a YouTuber by the handle of Doctree81, that's how you pronounce it, uh, uncovered a LinkedIn job listing for EA's Motive Studios. They're looking for a rendering engineer to work on a, quote, beloved and revered series. Don't know what that is. Um, but the requirement for the successful candidate is to have experience working on multiple platforms, including the Switch. And one of the key expectations for the role is to develop in the Frostbite engine. Now, EA's excuse for not bringing proper FIFA games to the Switch before now is that Frostbite doesn't run on Switch. But if this new rendering engineer is accurate, then potentially they're looking at ways around that and bringing Frostbite to the Switch. So what do you make of this? Well, yeah, it's it's one of those awkward things, right? Because EA also puts money into indie devs, right? And gives them a bit of help as well with their EA originals. And uh, we saw get, uh, Faye come to the system yeah, we by Zoink Games, which is had... from them. Yeah, we had Faye and Unravel 2. Yep, and Unravel yeah. as well, yeah. So it could just be something to do with that, right? It could be something to do with the originals. It might not be the big EA games, but if it is the big EA games... I actually think there's a good chance that it might be something like The Sims, which would appeal more to Nintendo Switch owners, right? Like, I don't think that's unfair to say. Um, I don't think we'd see games like Apex and Star Wars and stuff, although we definitely would like to see them. Yeah. Yeah, I don't, I don't think we'd see the likes of Apex. And I don't, I don't think we'd see... Um, I forget, was it Force Unleashed? No, what was the... Mm. Fallen Order? Fallen Order, that was it. Force Unleashed was the one on the, the GameCube, I think. Back yeah. Moment, <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah, no, I don't think we'll see Fallen Order. But like like I mentioned on the show a few weeks back, you know, they could quite easily do a a more kid-friendly, if you like, Star Wars game. They could do like a Rebels game or something, mm. which would be really cool. Um, Plants vs. Zombies, again, always comes up when people talk about EA and Switch. And again, it seems like a, a no-brainer on that yeah, front. I always forget about that game. I always forget that that's EA. Yeah, I've never actually played it, but I've just heard that it's a it's a great game that a lot of people enjoy and apparently is very Nintendo like. Yeah, the Garden Warfare, the the first per- the first third person shooter thing. Yeah, that's that that is very Nintendo to be to be completely honest. It yeah. all, all kind of reminds me of like the South Park game on the N sixty four for some reason. I don't know what the connection is because they're <laughs> complete opposite ends. Of the, but it's that kind of feeling, you know, like some cartoony, just really dumb shooter that. That is so fun that it shouldn't be. Yeah. Yeah, it's kind of like that. Oh, fair enough. But yeah, maybe it will be just more EA original stuff, which, again, I wouldn't say no to. Um, I know people weren't totally blown away by Faye in the end. It kind of, like, didn't quite live up to expectations again, which seems to be a theme for this week now. Um, yeah, I, I actually... I, I liked it. I gave it three stars. I think yeah. it had some performance issues and stuff. Um, but... I, I do want to mention that the soundtrack has become one of my favorite soundtracks in the last like five years of gaming. Yeah. Because it's just, I, if you like bands like Sigur Ross, uh and a lot of ambient stuff, go out and check the fa- check out the Faye soundtrack because it is it is top tier. Yeah. And uh, Unravel Two, of course, is is a great game. Yeah. A great little co-op game and perfect for Switch. So yeah, maybe we'll get some more cool indie stuff. That'd be fine. But fingers crossed then. If they can get Frostbite Wick on Switch, I will finally get my full FIFA game <laughs> to play on the go. Because you're the king of wishful thinking. <laughs> yeah, I am. Uh, speaking of games that we want on Switch, Atlas have been scoping out 
people's appetite for switch ports. So if you're unfamiliar, if you're yeah, I'll try that again. That's if easy for you to say. It is apparently not. If you're unfamiliar with Atlas, they are the guys behind Persona and Shimigami Tensei and all that kind of stuff. Uh, and they've been sending out a survey to PlayStation owners and PlayStation fans asking which of their games, if any, would they like to see ported specifically to Nintendo Switch. And all Persona games are on that list, including Persona 5, uh, a whole bunch of Sinogemi Tensei song, songs, games, and a bunch of other uh, games as well, which I uh, can't remember the name of and I'd never heard of, so we won't talk about them. Uh, but I have to admit, like, I'm not like a huge RPG fan and all the, the noise and stuff around like Joker when he was added to Smash was like, okay, like cool sound, he's a cool looking character, whatever. But I'm always hearing more and more about just how great Persona 5 is. And I do think Joker is a cool character and he's cool to play as in Smash. And I think if Persona 5 came out on Switch, I think I might well pick it up because it's got such a good reputation and I love the art style. It looks really cool. I really like the look of the... Um, the the Koei Tecmo one, um, the Phantom Strikers. Scram- the sc- oh, I thought you said a scramble. Yeah, it is. It's Phantom Strikers Scramble or something. Yeah, yeah. Um, that looks really cool. Uh, so I'm, I'm tempted to pick that up as well. I haven't actually checked out the demo, which is on the Japanese eShop. PSA. Uh, I, I'm a big fan of these Warriors games. Like, I, I really liked uh, Horror Warriors and uh, Fire Emblem Warriors, but I think you kind of need to know the franchise first. Like, you can still play them and enjoy them, but I think that those games have their beauty lying in the references and like the hidden stuff from other games. And that that that's that's the thing because like, if if the demo comes out it, over here, I'll play it. Um, I'd like to actually play Persona Five before. I'd play that. So I'm hoping Persona 5 does come out because I'm the same as you. I'm not a massive RPG fan. I, I've had my spurts with them. Like, I, I do play them every once in a while. Uh, I basically overdid it on the 3DS, and that's why I haven't really played so many on the Switch. Um, and Atlas do make some really good ones, uh, but Persona 5 seems to be, like, the top-tier, elite, platinum, sort of beautiful, completely amazing um rpg right so yeah. i was running out of words to compliment it then <laughs> but i haven't played it i haven't really seen that much footage of it but just on a word alone like you know that game's got to be good right so uh, yeah bring it Let, let's hope hopefully it comes to the switch absolutely and apparently uh, i saw some reports this week for people who have played bits of phantom strikers or scramble or whatever the tag is it's like a like a double sub tag or something um it's a more or less a full-on sequel, apparently, like just yeah. a low-key sequel to Persona Five. So, yeah, I'm I'm the same as you. I think I, if I had the ability to, because I don't own a PlayStation, I would like to play Persona Five before I dive into that. Uh, one other news title, very quickly before we uh, jump onto the topic for this week, is Luigi's Mansion Three famously has a bunch of multiplayer DLC, and everyone was a bit confused. To- by this, like, why on earth is there multiplayer DLC and not single player? Uh, as it turns out, Next Level did consider single player, but uh, decided to sack it off because they basically wanted to do multiplayer because they have they have a great pedigree doing multiplayer games. They played there, uh, they made the Smash football games and stuff. Um, and the reason multiplayer wasn't included in any depth to start with was because the schedules and everything that just all got plowed into the story mode, which is fantastic. Um, and so they also said that cramming in extra single player content would have ruined the way the story unfolded and everything in the main game. So that's why they took the opportunity to do multiplayer, which they love. Uh, 
I haven't actually played any of the Luigi's Mansion multiplayer. Have you checked it out? I haven't really played too much of the of the single player. Uh, like yeah, right. it came at a time where I started to get rushed for uni work. Like uh, I planning on having a deep dive after I finish the two games uh, I've got for review. Because um, I've been like I played I played a fair couple of hours, but I'm like I'm itching to get back to it. It's the game that I really want to get into and really want to finish. Like I've really enjoyed the Luigi's Mansion games and uh, the the 3ds port of the first one just like really made me thirsty for more um uh, just just came at a time where i was so busy that i couldn't i couldn't sit down and really get into it and it's, and this happens to me I, like i some games i just have to have long periods playing them i can't just go and have a little bit and have a little chunk because uh i can't remember what i had for breakfast so <laughs> i'm supposed to remember wherever i got to so uh I, I plan on having a good run at it um maybe sometime in march like early march i'm planning on having a good uh Good go at it, and uh, hopefully I'll finish it and then have a go on the multiplayer. But multiplayer on Luigi Mansion, I've never got into it. I've never got into any of the multiplayer on them. Yeah, I'd say, but they seem to be really pushing it this time, so I'm intrigued to check it out. So let me know when you've got some time, and we'll we'll give it a whirl together. Yeah, sure, yeah. Cool. Okay, and so our topic this week is Animal Crossing New Horizons. It's like a month and a bit away now. It feels very close and also still miles away. I'm too excited for this game. I cannot wait for it. Uh, there's been a bunch of like odds and sods that have come out over the past week about in-game purchases and cloud saves and how many islands you can have on systems and the multiplayer and yada, 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 uh, which we might touch on. But generally speaking, let's just like get into the Animal Crossing hype and let's chat about the game because we've not really talked about Animal Crossing, you and me. And, no, not really, no. Uh, I know you've previously called the series the world's most elaborate fetch quest, but are you, are you, are you, planning, <laughs> on pick, are you planning on picking New Horizons up? Are you going to like maybe check it out? Uh, where, where, where are you standing on it at the minute? <sighs> Xenoblade's got fetch quests. So, uh, <laughs> well, basically, my story of Animal Crossing is I really like the game for the ideas that it is. I buy them all the time, and I get bored of them so fast that I I question why I brought it in the first place. And that's not to say that it's a bad game. It's just to say that it's per- it's not for me, right? And Which is fine. That's perfectly fine. Um, New Leaf dragged me in a bit more than most of the games. And I think that is a story that everybody says, right? Yeah, so uh, I was exactly the same. I, I had, or my brother had, Animal Crossing on the GameCube back in the day, played a bit of it, kind of fell away. Uh, I didn't play Wild World. I picked up uh, City Folk or Let's Go to the City on the Wii. I think I played it maybe once. I bought it mainly for the Wii Speak to use with the conduit. That was a waste <laughs> of 50 quid. Uh, and then, as I was the same, like, I just fell away and, like, I, I was you, know, like, I always buy them and never play them. And then I, when I got my 3DS, I was like, oh, I really want to get Animal Crossing, but I don't know why because I never play them. In the end, I was like just reading too much about it online and things. So right, okay, I bought it, and it totally hooked me. And I put like nearly four hundred hours into New Leaf. And I think the reason why it did is because it offered much deeper customization, like you with the Public Works project, where you could customize your town and not just your little guy or girl in your tiny little house. 
you had control over the entire village, right? And I think one of the reasons why I'm so hyped for New Horizons is because it takes that and you know increases it tenfold right you've got an entire island that you get to completely customize you can put furniture outside uh it's dialing that customization level up which i think is the thing that really hooked me into new leaf and that's why i'm really really looking forward to new horizons damn it phil (laughs) just when i've convinced myself not to buy it you go and do something like that because that's the one thing that i haven't liked about Animal Crossing is the fact that I've felt that the customization is actually really shallow. It's like, let's stick a ton of stuff in it, but you can only put them in your own house. And like, when the, when the public works project, projects were in New Leaf, that's what actually made me stick with it a little bit longer. The other thing I don't like about Animal Crossing, which which is the, one of the reasons why it lets its claws go in me so often, is the fact that you're a uh, slave to Tom Nook, and you have to do these stupid like running around fetch quests to get money, or do the repetitive finding bugs. I kind of want them to shake that up. That's the one thing. If that's an element that they fixed for this game, then it, regardless of how much I I resist buying i will buy it right so but the the fact that you can now put stuff outside is a huge sell to me like that's that is something that they needed to do for a long time they've done it that's great i'm just interested to see what the online's like like new leaf had some decent online but like i know we haven't got voice chat really built into the switch it's there but nintendo refuses to use it if that was in there and we could go to each other's towns and talk it that would do it straight away because it'd be the best community game, right? If you guys have ever played Minecraft on a on a realm or on a server and you all there, all building buildings, it doesn't matter if someone's done the actual Ender Dragon quest and completed the game because you're just concentrating on your building and outbuilding your friends. And that's what Animal Crossing can really, really shine at, you see. And that's what the one part I liked about New Leaf was going and seeing everybody else's houses. Like that was really cool. Yeah, that was that was the other aspect that dragged me into New Leaf was not just the being able to go and visit other people's towns, but the dream suite where you know people could share their uh, town codes online. You could go and check out what people had done, and that gave me like so many ideas of stuff to do in my own town. Uh, and I I loved that aspect of it, and there's so many communities built up online, like just away from the game. But uh, I don't know if you ever remember like the Belfry forums or anything like that. And um, it was really good. Uh, communities that built up online around that and people sharing like designs for like clothes and stuff they've made and and if you got into the whole sort of like meta game of cycling through villages if you wanted like your dream villages and stuff and things there's a there's a whole thing i got i got really deep into new leaf at one point um <laughs> so like so yeah i'm hoping that you're right that the the online aspects and the community aspects are more baked into the game in that way um which it seems it's going to be the typical Nintendo, isn't it? It's going to go forward a little bit, but not enough for, that you really want to. But you know, you can have like eight people in your town at any one time and stuff. So if you've got those outside communities that you can coordinate and do things in, um, it should lean into that a little bit. Uh, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm so hyped. For this. this is the, this is the, the first like big game of the year that I'm really, really excited for. I have been for a while, um, and I think I'm actually going to book the week off work. Uh, around the time it comes out, so I can properly like dive and get my island all set up properly before I have to go back and earn a living in real life rather than just working for Tom Nook. 
<laughs> I don't know how to describe this game and the the, the uh, Animal Crossing franchise. I don't know if I like to dislike it or dislike to like it, <laughs> or it's somewhere in the middle. But like, I know that I'm gonna get sucked in and buy it again because I always get hyped because everybody else gets hyped. But there is something I just want to say before we 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 close all this with Animal Crossing. Right? Is look, people on the internet chill out a bit right because there's so many horror stories oh you can't do your save files cloud things and oh it's only one island per system look the one island per system thing is gonna obviously be because it's a community game right so you're gonna be on the same island that's a community so if i'm playing on my profile and somebody else in my family's got another profile on switch they're gonna be the same island it's great we get to share things which was, like, one of the big hooks of playing on the GameCube is that yeah. me and my brother both inhabited the same town. Like, that it was great, that right? That was cool, yeah. Yeah, so, like, that, that is why that is in, in place. So you don't have to moan. Look, if you want to moan, buy another Switch. Just, just put your cart in there without transferring the file. Open yourself another account. Hey, presto, you got another island, right? Because that's the guys who are moaning mainly, is the people who want to transfer between Switch and Switch Lite, yeah? Yeah. The cloud save thing... Yeah, I've... I, I don't use the cloud saves. I'm going to be completely honest. It was something that I didn't really care about too much because I knew that when Nintendo did a second system, uh, that sharing between them would be an absolute ball ache. And it is. So I don't care about the cloud system. Like If I, if my Switch gets damaged and I lose all my saves, guess what? I get to play those lovely games all over again from the very beginning. I mean, hmm, just dipping into Hyrule from the very beginning. It does things to me, Phil. <laughs> now, see, I agree with you to a certain extent here so yeah like going to back if i lost my save for breath of the wild i wouldn't be totally miffed because i've i've done done the game like it's if i have to start it over again if i want to play it again i'm gonna do it again anyway like i'm not gonna go back into my completed save for breath of the wild and just run around hyrule because i've done that and there's nothing new to see or do uh for animal crossing though the whole like circle of the game the whole premise of the game is that you're building up this island from scratch and so if you've put like if i lost my new leaf save right and i put 400 hours in getting my town like exactly as i like and all the rest of it and that disappeared i would be wounded then like i can understand why nintendo did the cloud saves for stuff like splatoon and things like that like i get that because you know the competitive aspect and all the rest of it that's not the case with animal crossing though and i i don't quite I, I i understand their reasoning but i don't think the reason is reason enough to not have it in there and yeah, i'm the same as you like i'm not that fussed about switching between like oh i'm gonna play on my switch light outside and play on, i don't I still don't understand the premise of the switch light to be honest um but the reason why i'm slightly like mm, about this is because i am planning on upgrading my switch at some point now whether that's with a switch pro or whether it's with a Breath of the Wild special edition, just so I can get the, like, the extra battery life, that's what I'm holding out for, then that means that when I get that system, because I can't transfer my Animal Crossing save, I'm going to have a Switch that I play all my games on, and then I'm going to have my OG Switch that I play Animal Crossing on, which is a bit odd. And Nintendo have said that you know they're looking at ways around it with in the event of like fire and theft and things. Um, but I don't know if you could get away with emailing them and saying, yo, Nintendo, I haven't lost my Switch, but I've got a new one and I want to put my Animal Crossing Island on there. Can you help me out, please? Maybe they will, maybe they won't, but it's it's a, it's a, you know, we're talking about 
in terms of the number of people who are going to buy this game versus the number of people that this affects, we're talking like a relatively small number, right? Yeah. But it's the it's the hardcore like biggest advocates for this franchise that are negatively affected. So I I, I get the I don't understand the vitriol, but I do get the disappointment if you like. Yeah, I mean, I I just I'm just worried about it ending up in a Star Wars effect, right? Where <laughs> even where the fans boycott it to the point where they're like, "That's it, we're out, no more." You, you've moaned too much. That's it. It's finished. <laughs> so when the game comes out, this is coming from someone who's quite negative, right? right. Enjoy it. Have fun. And then question why you brought it. <laughs> <laughs> and on that note, I think we shall wrap it up there. Thank you very much for listening, everyone. This has been the Nintendo Village Podcast, your weekly half-hour Nintendo show. Uh, be sure to check out the nintendovillage.com because we've got tons of other podcasts and shows and things on there as well as news reviews features all kinds of fun stuff uh check us out on twitch as well clay's been doing a cool ass retro show can i say ass i've said it now uh on there playing old school nintendo arcade games it's so cool the setup's awesome there really like do go and check that out uh, if you want to have a moan about anything to myself or Gary, you could find myself at Phil Myth on Twitter, and you could find Gary at Flatcap Gary. Please, please send your moans my way. That's just at Flatcap Gary, not at Flatcap Gary. Please, please send your moans my way. That'd be a really long Twitter handle. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> Thanks again for <laughs> listening, everyone. We shall catch you all next week. Bye bye. <laughs>